Hi, welcome to this episode. You're about to hear me say that you can download a free resource from my Etsy shop using a promo code, but that would be wrong. (laughs) Etsy does not allow you to sell things for free with a coupon. So if you would like the accompaniment study guide resource that goes along with this episode, please email me at stayathomefaith at gmail.com and I will send you this resource for free. If you'd like to just take a sneak peek at it, you can click on the link in the description of the episode and see the Etsy listing and it has a few snapshots of that document. But otherwise, just email me and thank you for listening. Inspired and sustained by the new commandment of love, the Christian family welcomes, respects, and serves every human being, considering each one in his or her dignity as a person and as a child of God. Welcome to the podcast, Stay at Home Faith. I'm your host, Faith Davis. Walk with me down this road of discovery and cultivation in our vocation of holy motherhood, fostering saints while developing our domestic churches as a source of support and encouragement. In each episode, I examine an area of motherhood in the light of the Catholic Church with the goal of encouraging my peers in a difficult but rewarding job, being a mom. episode all about the domestic church. Stay tuned for housekeeping and announcements after the episode. Be sure and grab the free study guide and resource that pairs with this series on my Etsy shop, Stay at Home Faith. The link is in the description of this episode, free for listeners with the promo code podcast. Let's take a moment to offer this time up to the Lord and invite the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may have clicked on this episode or come across the term domestic church before and wondered, what does that even mean? Or maybe like so many of us, shy away from the term because it seems intimidating. Maybe you're thinking, my home doesn't look like a church. My family doesn't function like a church. Having a church-like home sounds like a lot of work. I feel like I've had all of these thoughts and more, but learning more about what the domestic church is and how to develop your own is very encouraging. Let's begin with what the Catechism says, and some of these passages may sound familiar from previous episodes. Quote, Christ chose to be born and grow up in the bosom of the Holy Family of Joseph and Mary. The church is nothing other than the family of God. 
from the beginning, the core of the church was often constituted by those who had become believers together with all their household. When they were converted, they desired that their whole household should be saved. These families who became believers were islands of Christian life in an unbelieving world. In our own time, in a world often alien and even hostile to faith, believing families are of primary importance as centers of living, radiant faith. For this reason, the Second Vatican Council, using an ancient expression, calls the family the Ecclesias, Ecclesia Domestica. It is in the bosom of the family that parents are, by the word and example, the first heralds of the faith with regard to their children. They should encourage them in the vocation which is proper to each child, fostering with special care any religious vocation. It is here that the father of the family, the mother, children, and all members of the family exercise the priesthood of the baptized in a privileged way. By the reception of the sacraments, prayer and thanksgiving, the witness to a holy life, and self-denial and active charity. Thus the home is the first school of Christian life and a school for human enrichment. Here one learns endurance and the joy of work, fraternal love, generous, even repeated forgiveness, and above all, divine worship and prayer and offering of one's life." End quote. So in summary, the Catechism defines the domestic church as the family and all of its members by which the faith is taught by word, an example fostering future vocations and enriching lives with love. So when I approach this simple definition, it's a lot less intimidating to think of my family as a domestic church. Of course, we are going to pass our faith onto our children, and of course, we're going to support them in their future paths. And of course, we are going to love our ch on our children and each other. So that's it, right? That's all we need to know? <laughs> I mean, technically, yes. But let's learn even more about what the church teaches about family. According to Familiaris Consortio of Pope John Paul II, there are four general tasks for the family. One, forming a community of persons. Two, serving life. Three, participating in the development of society. And four, sharing in the life and mission of the church. So let's examine each task. How do we form a community of persons? In Familiaris Consortio, quote, all members of the family, each according to his or her, her own gift, have the grace and responsibility of building, day by day, the communion of persons, making the family a school of deeper humanity. This happens where there is care, love for the little ones, the sick, and the aged, where there is mutual service every day, when there is a sharing of goods, of joy, and of sorrows." End quote. When we share our gifts, serve and share resources and emotions with our family, we establish this community. What gifts can you share with your family? The gift of art, creativity, mindfulness, planning, math, poetry, memorization, 
wellness, a green thumb, cooking, baking, writing, reading, music, positivity, speech, knowledge, a servant's heart, work ethic, hospitality, and so on and so on. What are you naturally good at? Give that to your family. We naturally serve our children, but do they know how to serve you or their siblings? Do you share in each other's excitement or sadness? Do your children support each other emotionally? Do you support your spouse emotionally? Quote, this communion is rooted in the natural bonds of flesh and blood and grows its specifically human perfection with the establishment and maturing of the still deeper and richer bonds of the spirit. The love that animates the interpersonal relationships of the different members of the family constitutes the interior strength that shapes and animates the family communion and community, end quote. How close do you feel to each person in your family? Your family is stronger when the individual relationships are stronger, starting with your marriage and then each of your children. What can you do to mature and strengthen the bonds of your family? If you're listening to all these questions and you're going, well, answer them, don't worry. There's a part two, and that's the next episode, and we'll be going over methods and practical things that you can do to establish all of this in your family. So let's move on. What is the second task? Serving life look like? Quote, thus the fundamental task of the family is to serve life, to actualize in history the original blessing of the creator that of transmitting by procreation the divine image from person to person. However, the fruitfulness of conjugal love is not restricted solely to the procreation of children, even understood in its specifically human dimension. It is enlarged and enriched by all those fruits of moral, spiritual, and supernatural life, which the father and mother are called to hand on to their children and through the children to the church and to the world, end quote. Serving life more specifically spelled out in Humana Vitae, quote, the church calling people back to the observance of the norms of natural law as interpreted by her constant doctrine teaches that each and every marriage act must remain open to the transmission of life, end quote. Being open to life could be its own episode. But when we were converting, it became clear that this was the ultimate sign of trust in God that we hand over our fertility and plans. You may not be there yet, but God is calling your domestic church to be open to life, and he will provide your every need physically and emotionally. Furthermore, serving life is defined in Familiaris Consortio, quote, even amid the difficulties of the work of education, difficulties which are often greater today, parents must trustingly and courageously train their children in the essential values of human life. Children must grow up with a correct attitude of freedom with regard to material goods, 
by adopting a simple and austere lifestyle and of being fully convinced that man is more precious for what he is than for what he has, end quote. We must teach our children to value character over success, virtue over possessions, and poverty over wealth. If you just searched your brain and asked, but how, Faith? Don't worry. This series, remember, I promise you, will go over the how, and we'll be examining it more for me than you. But in short, we are simply to live by example. Do you get more excited about a new package being delivered or your spouse coming home? Would you rather scroll in your phone or listen to your son's ridiculously long story? Do you eat dinner in front of the TV or around the dinner table? If you answered the negative of the two, you're dealing with the same issues my husband and I are. Making clear our priorities can go a long way in teaching our children a, quote, simple and austere lifestyle, end quote. So continuing in Familiaris Consortio, quote, fruitful married love expresses itself in serving life in many ways. Of these ways, begetting and educating children are the most immediate, specific, and irreplaceable. In fact, every act of true love towards a human being bears witness to and perfects the spiritual fecundity of the family. And since it is an act of obedience to the deep inner dynamicism of love as self-giving to others, end quote. The Second Vatican Council describes the content of Christian education as follows. Such an education does not merely strive to foster maturity in the human person. Rather, its principal aims are these that as baptized persons are gradually introduced into a knowledge of the mystery of salvation, they may grow more conscious of the gift of faith which they have received, that they may learn to adore the God the Father and the Spirit in, in truth, especially through liturgical worship, that they may be trained to conduct their personal life in true righteousness and holiness according to their new nature, and thus growing to maturity to the stature of the fullness of Christ, and devote themselves to the upbuilding of the mystical body. Moreover, aware of their calling, they should grow accustomed to giving witness to the hope that is in them, and to promoting the Christian transformation of the world. So now on to the third task, participating in the development of society. In Familiaris Consortio, Quote, the family has vital and organic links with society. Since it is its foundation and nourishes it continually through its role of service to life, it is from the family that citizens come to birth, and it is within the family that they find the first school of the social virtues that are the animating principle of the existence and development of society itself. Thus, far from being closed in on itself, the family, if by nature and vocation open to other families and to society, and undertakes its social role. The very experience of communion and sharing that should characterize the family's daily life represents its first 
and fundamental contribution to society. The relationships between the members of the family community are inspired and guided by the law of free giving. By respecting and fostering personal dignity in each and every one as the only basis for value, this free giving takes the form of heartfelt acceptance, encounter and dialogue, disinterested availability, generous service, and deep solidarity, end quote. What does this mean to be a good citizen and how do we teach our children citizenship? It said heartfelt acceptance. How do we treat those around us? How do we treat people who think differently from us? Are we accepting? It also says generous service. It doesn't say when it's convenient and when I feel like it, service. This one is hard with children, but we have to show them service for it is rooted in their being. It needs to be like second nature, serving their families and serving the community. We'll discuss methods to incorporate service into our children's formation in later parts. We also heard, quote, respecting and fostering personal dignity, end quote, teaching that every person has dignity and deserves respect, but also that our children have a special dignity that they should value and protect. The following is from Familiaris Consortio, all from the section on participating in the development of society, but jumping forward between some of these statements. Families, therefore, either singly or in association, can and should devote themselves to manifold social service activities, especially in favor of the poor, or at any rate, for the benefit of all people in situations that cannot be reached by the public authorities, welfare organizations. The social rule of families is called upon to find expression also in the form of political intervention. Families should be the first to take steps to see that the laws and institutions of the state not only do not offend, but support and positively defend the rights and duties of the family. Along these lines, families should grow an awareness of being protagonists in what is known as family politics and assume responsibility for transforming society and the conviction that the good of the family is an indispensable and essential value of the civil community. The public authorities must do everything possible to ensure that families have all those aids, economic, social, educational, political, and cultural assistance that they need in order to face all their responsibilities in the human way. The Christian family is thus called upon to offer everyone a witness of generous and disinterested dedication to social matters through a preferential option for the poor and disadvantaged. Therefore, advancing in its following of the Lord by special love for all the poor, it must have special concern for the hungry, the poor, the old, the sick, drug victims, and those who have no family. It is important for our children to know how to navigate politics as a Catholic. It's tricky these days, so we need to teach our kids where to take a stand in our society. This doesn't mean you have to make posters and walk through your city. 
It means coming together as a family to decide how we can express our views within our society. This will look completely different in your family as it will for mine, just as our political views may look different. One family might be actively campaigning for a candidate while another funding a social movement. We'll discuss more in upcoming parts. And finally, the fourth task, <clears throat> sharing in the life and mission of the church. What does Familiar Consortio say about this task? Quote, it is above all the church as mother that gives birth to, educates and builds up the Christian family by putting it into effect in its regards, the saving mission which she has received from her Lord. By proclaiming the word of God, the church reveals to the Christian family its true identity, what it is and should be according to the Lord's plan. By celebrating the sacraments, the church enriches and strengthens the Christian family with the grace of Christ for its sanctification to the glory of the Father. By the continuous proclamation of the new commandment of love, the church encourages, encourages and guides the Christian family to the service of love so that it may imitate and relive the same self-giving and sacrificial love that the Lord Jesus has for the entire human race, End quote. The domestic church is in fact just an extension of the church as a whole. There is a mother and a father and so many brothers and sisters. Just as the church's mission is to share Christ's love with the world, so is our mission to share Christ's love to our loved ones and community. The Second Vatican Council recalls this fact when it writes, quote, Families will share their spiritual riches generously with other families too. Thus the Christian family, which springs from marriage as a reflection of the loving covenant uniting Christ with the church and as a participation in the covenant, will manifest to all people the Savior's living presence in the world and genuine nature of the church. This, the family, will do by mutual love of the spouses, by their generous fruitfulness, their solidarity and faithfulness, and by loving way in all the members of the family work together." End quote. In Familiar Eras Consortia, the fourth task of sharing life and mission of the church is broken down into three parts. The Christian family as one, a believing and evangelizing community, two, a community in dialogue with God, and three, a community at service of man. Here's what Paul VI said about the first, a believing and evangelizing community. Quote, the family, like the church, ought to be a place where the gospel is transmitted and from the gospel radiates. In a family which is conscious of the mission, all the members evangelize and are evangelized. The parents not only communicate the gospel to their children, but from their children, they can themselves receive the same gospel as deeply lived by them. And such a family becomes the evangelizer of many other families and of the neighborhood from which it forms part." End quote. This is the beauty of the family, the domestic church. I have learned more about my faith from my children and just from being a mom and a wife, than I have in the entirety of my life. 
It is the perfect environment to plant seeds of faith and watch them grow firsthand. Evangelizing outside of the home, you may never see the fruits of your words or service, but in the home, you watch it all unfold right in front of your eyes. It's not just with the children. I can see the evangelization between my husband and I take root as well. What have you noticed in your home, small or big? Take a moment to thank God for his design for our family life. Quote, it should not be forgotten that the service rendered by Christian spouses and parents to the gospel is essentially an ecclesial, ecclesial service. It has its place within the context of the whole church as an evangelized and evangelizing community. In so far as the ministry of evangelization and catechesis of the church of the home is rooted in and derives from one mission of the church and is ordained to the upbuilding of the one body of Christ. It must remain in intimate communion and collaborate responsibly with all the other evangelizing and catechal activities present and at work in the ecclesial community at the diocesan and parochial levels." End quote. I feel fortunate that my parish does a great job of supporting my efforts at home to fulfill this ecclesial service. If it's something your parish is lacking, maybe set up a meeting with a member of the parish staff or simply pray about it. For the time being, there are amazing free resources online to help in your efforts. More on that later. But it's important to feel as if your parish takes part in your domestic church and vice versa. Quote, animated in its own inner life by missionary zeal, the Church of the Home is also called to be a luminous sign of the presence of Christ and of his love for those who are far away, for families who do not yet believe, and for those Christian families who no longer live in accordance with the faith that they once received. The Christian family is called to enlighten, by its example and its witness, those who seek the truth." End quote. I also love this aspect of the family, especially in my parish. We feed off each other. The family itself is an amazing witness and we encourage each other through the zeal we have for our faith. In my parish, I am so inspired by the families I come in contact with and our close friends. Watching their family come together in unity with the church and each other spurs me and my family onto better devotion to the faith. The second aspect, the Christian family as a community in dialogue with God. Quote, the Christian family, too, is part of this priestly people, which is the church, by means of the sacrament of marriage, in which is rooted from which draws its nourishment. The Christian family is continuously vivified by the Lord Jesus and called and engaged by him in dialogue with God through the sacraments, through the offering of one's life, and through prayer. This is the priestly role which the Christian family can and ought to exercise in intimate communion with the whole church through the daily realities of married and family life. In this way, the Christian family is called to be sanctified and to sanctify the ecclesial community and the whole world." End quote. We carry out the fourth task, sharing in the life and mission of the church by participating in the sacraments. We marry in the church, baptize our babies, 
carry them through their first confession, bring them to their first communion, and rejoice over their confirmation. But it's not just those tick marks and we say, job well done. It's taking them back again and again, getting ourselves and our family to confession and mass, writing and saying this is extremely emotional for me because I haven't been able to go back to mass yet. It's now been over a year and it's heartbreaking. If you're listening and you're not getting what I'm saying and it's not 2021, I'm talking about the pandemic and I haven't been back since the initial lockdown. But I know it will be waiting for me and my family and I don't know if I'll be able to keep any sort of composure when that day comes. Quote, the Eucharist is the very source of the Christian marriage. The Eucharistic sacrifice, in fact, represents Christ's covenant of love with the church, sealed with his blood on the cross. In this sacrifice of the new and eternal covenant, Christian spouses encounter the source from which their own marriage covenant flows, is interiorly structured and continuously renewed. As a representation of Christ's sacrifice of love for the church, the Eucharist is the foundation of charity. In the Eucharistic gift of charity, the Christian family finds the foundation and soul of its communion and its mission by partaking in the Eucharistic bread. The, difference, the different members of the Christian family become one body, which reveals and shares the wider unity of the church. Their sharing in the body of the Christ that is given up and is his blood that is shed becomes a never-ending source of missionary and apostolic dynamism for the Christian family, end quote. Part of this dialogue is prayer. Quote, the church prays for the Christian family and educates the family to live in generous accord with the priestly gift and role received from Christ, the high priest. In effect, the baptismal priesthood of the faithful exercised in the sacrament of marriage constitutes the basis of a priestly vocation and the mission for the spouses and family by which their daily lives are transformed into spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This transformation is achieved not only by celebrating the Eucharist and the other sacraments and through offering themselves to the glory of God, but also through a life of prayer, through prayerful dialogue with the Father through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, end quote. One specific way mentioned to pray in your domestic church is the family rosary. It says, quote, we now desire as a continuation of the thought of our predecessors to recommend strongly the recitation of the family rosary. There is no doubt that the rosary should be considered as one of the best and most efficacious prayers in the common that the church, the Christian family is invited to recite. In this way, authentic devotion to Mary, which finds expression in sincere love and generous imitation of the Blessed Virgin's interior spiritual attitude, constitutes a special instrument for nourishing loving communion in the family and for developing conjugal and family spirituality. For she who is the mother of the church and of the church is in a special way the mother of Christian families of the domestic churches, end quote. In part two of this series, we will go into specific methods to implement these practices like the family rosary in your home. We will examine how it's worked for others and how it can be tailored to your unique home.
And finally, the third aspect of the fourth task, a community at the service of man. Quote, the Christian family is inspired and guided by the new law of the spirit and in intimate communion with the church and the kingly people, it is called to exercise its service of love towards God and towards its fellow human beings. Just as Christ exercises his royal power by serving us, so also the Christian finds the authentic meaning of his participation in the kingship of his Lord in sharing his spirit and practice of the service to man. Christ has communicated this power to his disciples that they might be established in, in royal freedom, that by self-denial and a holy life, they might conquer and reign of sin in themselves. Furthermore, he has shared in this power so that by serving him in their fellow human beings, they might, through humility and patience, lead their brothers and sisters to the kingdom whom they serve is to reign. For the Lord wishes to spread his kingdom by means of the laity, also a kingdom of truth and life, a kingdom of holiness and grace, a kingdom of justice, love, and peace. In this kingdom, creation itself will be delivered out of its slavery to corruption and into freedom of glory of the children of God. End quote. All of that quote is beautiful, but in terms of seeing it in your home, where do you even begin? Start with the theme of freedom from sin. Reflecting on the life of your home, could you say that there are areas that st sin still has a hold of? Patterns of sin. Are there members of your household who are of the age who can participate in the sacrament of reconciliation, participating regularly? Then move on to the different descriptions of the kingdom. Truth and life, holiness and grace, justice, love and peace. Reflect on your home. Are those qualities present? If you're like me, who might have immediately thought, I have littles, it is not peaceful. <laughs> but this kind of peace is not absence of noise and movement. It's safety and even-tempered. Do you speak truth in your home, the word of God? Is life welcomed in your home? Do you give each other grace? I feel like it's easier to extend grace to my kids than to my husband. And it's a shame because I'm truly gracious with him. When I'm truly gracious with him, I feel God's love in it. How do you extend grace in your home? And of course, love. Is there love in your home? Can you see that love? Is there evidence of its presence? This exercise brings us to reflect on the third aspect, service of man. By living out your Christianity, it is a service to those around you, your community. Teaching your children to love their brothers and sisters, then teaching them that everyone should be considered their brothers and sisters. From Familiar's Consortio, quote, In each individual, especially the poor, the weak, and those who suffer, who are unjustly treated, Love knows how to discover the face of Christ and discover a fellow human being to be loved and served, end quote. Teaching them to be like Christ, then in turn to serve like Christ? How do we teach our children to serve? If you've listened to all the tasks and aspects and felt completely overwhelmed, like why even bother? <laughs> he doesn't expect 
perfection. He doesn't expect you to do all the things. Do not feel shame, Mama. Shame is not of God. Take this definition and join me for part two to implement and put into practice the meaning of the domestic church. Extend yourself grace and realize this is a journey and we learn along the way. God doesn't expect perfection and comparison gets you nowhere. Find hope along the path. Find peace in his design. And always be encouraged. You just listened to an episode of the podcast, Stay at Home Faith. And now on to housekeeping and announcements. Hi, I am so glad you listened today. I know it was a long wait. (laughs) It's been over a month, I think, since I last uploaded an episode. But I thank you for your patience. And um, I hope it was worth the wait. I hope that you find the resource helpful. And I hope you join me for part two, where things become a little less theoretical and way more practical. Um, Also, as I get used to this whole podcasting thing, (laughs) um, I may, you know, upload once a month, once every other week. Or get back to once a week again. Um, I'm not really sure. I do know that I'll probably take the summer off because I'm planning a big exhaustive piece on my conversion. And I hope you stick around for that. But until then, please join us next week for part two of the Domestic Church. And I appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed or found this episode helpful, please share with someone you know will like it too. Could you also subscribe and rate? And could you pray for me that I continue to listen to the Holy Spirit as he works through this podcast? If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can email me at stayathomefaith at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram at stayathomefaith. Thanks for listening.